0: Welcome to Friends in Fiction, Five Best-Selling Authors, Endless Stories. Friends in Fiction is a podcast with five best-selling novelists whose common love of reading, writing, and independent bookstores bound them together. With chats, author interviews, and fascinating insider talk about publishing and writing, these friends discuss the books they've written, the books they're reading now, and the art of storytelling. If you love books and you're curious about the writing world, you're in the right place. Best-selling novelists Mary Kay Andrews, Kristen Harmel, Christy Woodson Harvey, Patty Callahan Henry, and Mary Alice Monroe are five longtime friends with more than 80 published books to their credit. At the start of the pandemic, they got together for a virtual happy hour to talk about their books, their favorite bookstores, writing, reading, and publishing in this new uncharted territory. They're still talking, and they've added fascinating discussions with other best-selling novelists. So join them live on their Friends and Fiction Facebook group page every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Eastern, or listen and view later at your leisure.
1: Hi, everybody. It's a wonderful Wednesday night, and that means it's time for Friends in Fiction, five best-selling novelists, endless stories. I'm Mary Kay Andrews, and I'm hosting our guest Caroline Levitt tonight, and my forthcoming novel, The Newcomer, will be out from St. Martin's Press on May 4th.
2: Hi, I'm Kristen Harmel, and my next novel, The Forest of Vanishing Stars, will be out from Gallery Books on July 6th.
3: I'm Christy Woodson-Harvey, and my next book, Under the Southern Sky, releases from Gallery Books on April 20th.
4: I am Patty Callahan-Henry, and my next novel is Surviving Savannah, and it comes out on March 9th.
3: You're muted, Mary Alice. Mary Alice, you're muted. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> we, we can, can you see? unmute it? No. There you go. I'm
0: there Mary, you there you <laughs> and the summer of
1: Lost and Found is coming out from Gallery May 11th. And thank you for your patience, <laughs> and thanks everybody for coming and hanging out with us on Wednesday nights as always. You know, before we get busy discussing our guest tonight. We're gonna depart from our usual business because we all wanna to toast some fabulous news we just received. Our own Kristen Harmel's novel, The Book of Lost Names, <laughs> has been voted a semi-finalist. Ooh, in the 2020, congratulations. Yeah, in the 2020 Goodreads book best book of the year historic fiction category. So, Yay! Hi, you are. Awesome. awesome. There it <laughs> Thank is. You. Thank you. Yes. Uh, offering a virtual toast Aw, thanks. to our girl, Kristen.
3: Thank and be
1: sure to vote. vote. Wait, yeah. And
3: Kristen, can I ask yeah. you a question for those yeah. of us who might not know this? Now, we all voted for you in the first round. I don't know about everyone else, but I got a snazzy email from Goodreads <laughs> this morning. I was so excited saying that my person that i had voted for made it to the next round so now we go and vote again right just because yes. we voted we still have to we
2: still get to vote again yes, yes. if you okay. wouldn't mind if you could vote again by november 15th that'll hopefully fingers crossed help me get through to the final round next week but e- yeah. i just so appreciate it thank you thank yeah, you to yeah. everybody who voted and thank you for y- to you guys too thank you yeah, we're not we're
1: we'll put a reminder of an announcement with a link to goodreads and of course, we are thrilled for all the other semifinalists and all the voting categories, but mostly for Kristen. <laughs> and,
0: and more importantly, we love her book.
1: Yes. Oh, yes. yes. Thank you, such a great book. Thank great. you. Um, on to tonight's guest, Caroline Levitt, whose latest novel is With or Without You. And, oh, there we go. (laughs) 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 Caroline is one of the founders of the Facebook group, A Mighty Blaze, and the award-winning author of 12 novels, including Pictures of You and Is This Tomorrow, among other titles. With or Without You was a Good Morning America book pick and landed on bestseller lists all over the place. Her essays and stories have been featured in New York Magazine, Psychology Today, Red Book, and Salon. In addition to book criticism for people, the Boston Globe and the San Francisco Chronicle, Caroline teaches onri- online writing classes through Stanford and UCLA's writing- Writers Program, as well as offering uh, one-on-one writing consulting. You just know we want to hear her writing tip tonight. Yeah. And she lives in Hoboken with her husband, Jeff Tamarkin. Tem- I hope I got that right. A journalist who's specializing in writing about pop, jazz, and rock music. Nice. And since we are talking about books... Um, Caroline tonight has chosen um, the Indie Bookstore of the Week is Community Bookstore in Park Slope, Brooklyn. And um, as you know, when we started Friends in Fiction back in April, part of our mission was to support indie bookstores like this week's bookstore, Community Books in Brooklyn which sounds like the most delightful bookstore possible. that has <laughs> been in existence for four decades with a bookstore a cat. Oh, a pond. I love
0: cats.
5: In the yeah. So a with, sweet.
1: Right. A pond with turtles. And what's described as an unreasonably large selection of books by trolley. This week, they are offering a 10% discount on books by Caroline, as well as the five FNF authors with the code FriendsFiction10. And you will find the link to the store on the website and on our Facebook page. Now, Sean, will you bring in Caroline so we can quiz her? (laughs) (laughs) Thank you
5: so much for having me. And I want to tell all of you, please, like... Um uh go to the Mighty Blaze website and get your, you know, fill out the form because we'll promote all your
3: books. Oh, Would be honor yeah. here? Oh, I mean, I'm a member. Me oh, too. I you guys are so, so amazing. Yeah, yeah it you're feels doing like an falling. Job. My last book came out right well, all of ours did, right at the beginning of the pandemic. I so, and I was so yeah. grateful. Well, for all of the help. We're
1: happy to host you again. Great. Oh, thank but you. Caroline, oh, thank it is so good to finally meet you after admiring your you and your work on and with a mighty blaze. So how's it been during the pandemic? We chatted a little bit before we came on tonight. Right, right.
5: It's actually been... You know, really, really, the Mighty Blaze really sort of saved me because it started when, you that. Right when the pandemic started, and all of us were working twenty hours a day to get <laughs> the thing up and running. Mm-hmm. So I didn't really have much time <laughs> yes. to worry and freak out that it was a pandemic outside because I was trying to promote writers, yeah. and uh, we now have it's we now have a staff of twenty unpaid passionate volunteers, and. Um, Wow. It's just been—it's been great. The rest of the stuff has been surreal. It's very strange not to be able to go to the movies, not to be able to go to Broadway, not no, to I'm be not able to see my friends except on Zoom. But I'm
1: becoming an expert Zoomer, so that's good. <laughs> and how about your writing? Are you being able to get much of that done? I know you're so busy because I you're have, you're I'm writing. sorry, I interrupted you. <laughs> You're writing essays, you're doing Mighty Blaze and your newsletter and maybe more teaching. I, I don't know how you find enough hours in the day. I'm I'm obsessive. <laughs> I'm really obsessive about this stuff. And also, I have
5: to I I before With or Without You came out, I. Figured that I needed to sell another book so I wouldn't be obsessed about whatever happened with With or Without You. So I wrote up a first chapter and an outline and I sold it. And now I have to write it, which is the <laughs> big surprise, yeah. you know. Yeah. <laughs> It's due. It's due next um, October. So I have to. I have to work on it every day, and I keep thinking, why did I do that? Why didn't I just write the book first? But that's keeping me busy. So I. I do. I have like very. I have a really strong work ethic, so I'm really able to get everything
1: done so far. So that's far. great. Um, So, we are going to, we've all got questions that we are dying to ask you. I am interested in all the autobiographical elements in your books. I know that your latest novel, With or Without You, is about a woman who emerges from a months long coma and discovers, among other startling changes, that she has suddenly acquired a new artistic talent, painting portraits. Now, I know that this uh, situation was loosely inspired by your own experience more mm-hmm. than 20 years ago after you came out of a month-long yep. medically-induced coma. And, um, you know, I'm interested in how you, the the protagonist in this book, how you gave her um, something um, that you didn't have. Talk to us about that when you emerged from your, your coma and the difference. Okay. I you know,
5: when I emerged from my coma, part of the problem was they gave me meds that would block my memory. And I didn't never realize it was such a thing. Um no. and they did it because I guess I was in a lot of pain or it just made me easier for them to deal with. Um but so I didn't remember being in the coma at all. And I wasn't changed afterwards. I was just sort of on morphine and hallucinating. But my body remembered. Uh, Even when I was better, like six months out of the hospital, if I smelled a certain kind of lotion, I would go in a panic attack and start to sweat. And that was really because that was the lotion the nurses used. Or, you know, God help me if I saw stripes of any kind, because that's the stripe of the curtain. So I was having so much trouble that i thought oh maybe i have ptsd so i went to a therapist and the therapist told me well you're a writer why don't you write about it so i actually wrote another coma novel first which was called coming back to me which was exactly my story you know a woman has a baby goes into coma and the book did well but my body did not do well i still had all these problems Mm -hmm. so five years ago my husband had to go on a to be a journalist in Norway and he was gone for uh, a week and during that week I could not sleep I was terrified to go to sleep because I kept thinking it's too much like coma I stayed up every single night watching every bad movie there is to watch Um, and I wouldn't sleep until it was 6 in the morning so I thought "I I have to do something about this so I went to a different therapist and this therapist said well I have the answer for you because I think you wrote the wrong kind of coma book instead of writing about somebody who's like you why don't you write about somebody who's different and I thought oh, that that sounds a lot better. So I knew I had to research. And I have this friend named Joseph Clark who works at the University of Cincinnati. And he was researching comas. And we had these long conversations where I would ask him, well, what can happen in a coma? And he said, well, you know, we don't, any, absolutely anything can happen because we don't really know what happens when people are in coma. It's The brain is like, firing and rewiring all over the place and maybe it's cellular memory, but he said all kinds of amazing things can happen. And I said, well, like what? And he said, well, people can emerge speaking fluent Mandarin. (laughs) And as soon as he said that, I thought, wow, that's really interesting. Why didn't that happen to me? (laughs) Yeah, I know. That's what I said. Why didn't it happen to me? Um, Or he said, you know, there was one case of some woman who woke up and she kept saying, oh, I need a violin. I need a violin. And they said, why? You don't play any instrument, you can't even carry a tune. And they brought her this violin and she could play like a virtuosa. Wow. And she's
0: not
5: on stages. So as soon as I saw that, I thought, oh, this is going to be so much lighter, a book for me to write, and it's going to be really fun for me to write. So I decided that, you know, just then and there, okay, I'm going to make Stella my protagonist. She's going to come out of this coma with a talent. And that's going to be, like, really, really, really fun to do. And it was. It was. And once I had that, then I knew she was different than I am. And then I could sort of get into her head. And and uh, it sort of became, it sounds so funny to say this, but it became the coma I wish I had had of instead course. of the one I had.
1: And it was very healing. It was very healing. I That's still good don't like. Yeah, sometimes, sometimes writing. We don't even. Yeah. We're not even conscious of it. Sometimes writing is so cathartic for us, right? Yeah. It was very cathartic. I still don't love going to sleep,
5: but I can now. Oh. But you know, the the smell of lotions doesn't bother me anymore. Stripes don't bother me anymore. The rest of the stuff sort of left. It's just the sleep stuff, and I feel well. That'll that'll pass. I hope. <laughs>
0: Wow. But, you know, Caroline, that's what brought an authenticity to it, to the voice. Uh, you know, you were in an a coma. And it was it was beautifully done. It really Thank was. You. I I didn't know until after when I had read the article that it was so different than your own. I thought they were totally it was totally different. Yeah. It was totally different. I just sort of, I guess it was a part of me where I
5: just didn't want to go back to that place I wanted to create a different place and um, it, it was just thrilling to hear that you know coming out of coma could be a very different experience than what I had.
0: Okay, this is okay, girls. I'm sorry, but I have to ask this crazy question. If you could have come out with one talent, what would it have (laughs) been? You know what? I wish I could sing. (laughs) Ah, Me too. too.
5: I cannot. I have this odd voice. I cannot carry a tune. I just, I'm a terrible singer. But the thought of like being able to sing really beautifully Mm. to me seems like (gasps) it would be a miracle. I would love that.
0: I would love that. (laughs) It didn't happen. That's great. I mean, what what an incredible story, though, that you could write about something so profound. I mean, how many people can say they were in a coma and came out? Yeah. You could write a book about it to share that.
5: Yeah. Yeah, it was weird. It was a strange experience.
1: Kristen, you've got a question, right?
2: Yeah. So, Caroline, switching tracks a little bit, you've been so candid about describing your own rags-to-riches-to-rags-again publishing (laughs) journey, right? Um, Like, so just, you know, for those who don't know, I think you had a a huge first novel and then subsequently had a publisher go out of business and Mm -hmm. then another publisher go out of business, right? And then you had... I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead.
5: No, I was just going to say, yeah, I'm I'm the poster child for any writer out there who thinks I'm never going to make it. Oh, Listen to my story, because you will. I, I indeed I did. I published my first book in my twenties. I won a young writers contest, and I was like the flavor of the month. And I thought, this is really cool. I like this. I hope this happens all the time. And so, <laughs> so my second novel did not do as well, you know. And then my publisher went out of business. So I. Go Got to another publisher, and they went out of business. And it got to the point where my agent kept saying, You know, publishers start starting to talk about you. Um, so I finally <laughs> oh, went out, I and I, <laughs> I got a big three book deal from a major publisher and as as all of you know if the publisher's not behind you if they don't really promote the book just doesn't matter whether it's good or not a good book the book just dies and that's what happened three books just sort of like nothing happened with them and the same thing happened with my next three books nothing happened and meanwhile all my friends who were writers were getting prizes and they were known and I was the idiot at the party where people would say well what do you do for a living I would say uh I'm a writer, and, and then, you know, they never knew who I was. So there I was writing my ninth book, which was Pictures of You, on contract. And I thought it was, you know, okay, and my agent really liked it. And I got a call from my editor at this big publishing house who said, Caroline, we're really sorry, but we can't publish this. And I said, yeah. And I said, why not? And she said, well, none of us here really think it's special. So, of course, yeah. at that point, I started to cry, and I said, well, I can make it special. Just tell me what you do. I can rewrite. I don't care how long I'm, I can make this book work. And there was that silence again, and she said, you know, none of us here really think that you can. Oh, um, my God. Oh, best oh, of luck. My, you know, best oh of luck gosh. and blah, blah, blah. So I hung up the phone. And I thought, this was my ninth novel. Now, if you have nine novels out there and none of them, except your first, which was a million years ago, did anything, it's not like publishers are gonna be breaking down the door saying, oh, we'd love to publish your next novel that's not gonna do anything. Mm-hmm. So my agent said, don't worry, don't worry. And of course I called on my writer friends, hysterical saying, that's it, you know, like yeah. um, my career is over, what am I gonna do? Yeah. And one of my friends said, look, I have this editor at Algonquin, and I think she mm. will like your work. And I said, "Well, even if she likes it, she's not going to take it because I'm not selling." And my friend said, "Let me just let me just finesse this." So she went and she took my manuscript and she gave it to this person at algonquin this woman named andra miller and andra called me up about two weeks later and i thought oh she's you know just being nice and she's gonna tell me no and it took me about 10 minutes to realize she was pitching me algonquin and i finally stopped her and I because i'm an honest person i said look i have to tell you because i don't want any surprises i don't sell books i said like my sales figures are terrible nobody knows who i am and she started to laugh and she said oh honey you will now and they they bought that book they got it in six printings six months before it came out they just built up the buzz it became a new york times bestseller its first week out oh my god and my phone did not stop ringing yeah. And it was so strange. And you know, the most gratifying thing of all was like three months after it was out, the editor who had told me the book was not special, called my agent to ask if I wanted to go back to the <gasps> publisher. I <don't> <laughs> oh, oh, my God. And I said no. I said no. no. So it's 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 actually like, you know, I have a really good frame of mind about, you know, what success is and what it means now because I've seen both ends and I feel like, you know what, just Keep your head down Do your work You know Be kind to everybody A lot of it is luck Some of it isn't luck A lot of it is like Having the right publisher for you And having people behind you But um I tell writers all the time, don't be discouraged. Don't be discouraged. It took me nine
2: books and a lot of years. Oh, wow. Did, do, you think awesome. that, do you think that made you a better writer than you would have been if it had just all been smooth and beautiful sailing from the beginning with, like, accolades, you know, it, 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 everywhere yeah. with, you know, everything being thrown at you?
5: Yeah, that's a great question. And I think you're right. I think it definitely made me a better writer because I kept sitting down thinking, I couldn't figure out why the other books hadn't sold. And I kept looking at them saying, is it the plot? Is it this? Is it this other thing? And I started to study story structure and other books. And I worked really, really hard. I mean, I killed myself over pictures of you. And I do for every book because, you know, you Mm -hmm. never know. So I feel like, well, I might as well please myself first and just write the best book that I possibly can. And hopefully other people will... Will like it as well, but definitely Isn't
3: that secret. Isn't that yeah. such great advice? It's it really so is. inspiring. Wow!
4: It's, Thank um, you. <laughs> it's like that dark night of the soul in a book, right? Yeah. It was terrible. It was just terrible. We've all been there, and you just think it's never
5: going to work. It's like, oh my gosh, what do I do? And and the sun comes up. Yeah, and then it turned around, and and it can happen for every single writer out there. So, you know, don't if it happens to me it can happen to you you can't
0: take it for granted you know no. every book every book has to be your best
5: every book has to be your best in the way and i feel like the way it becomes your best is if you if i always say if you go down and find your deepest self and put it on the page without fear or worry then readers will be able to find their deepest self because, of and that's what makes a book resonate for me. Mm. Oh, that was so wonderful. I write that
3: down. That's oh, amazing. That okay, so this is oh, our writing tip. <laughs> yeah, forget the writing tip. We've just gotten like a dozen right I here. I know. could <laughs> be
2: a better human tips, too. Right. Exactly.
5: <laughs> right.
2: <laughs> um, well said. Well yeah, said.
0: Yeah.
5: Um, I'm sorry. What was the
3: question? Oh, no. So in With or Without You, the protagonist's lover is an aging rocker who's finally on the verge of fame when his life is upended by his girlfriend's medical emergency. As we've mentioned, she goes into a coma after taking one of his recreational pills. So this book talks so well about the pursuit of fame and its effect on the famous adjacent and professional jealousy. Was that an aspect that you had planned on exploring in the novel or was that just something that happened?
5: that's an interesting question it was sort of something that happened because um i didn't know much about the rock and roll life other than you know that i like rock and roll Mm -hmm. but my husband knows all these famous 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 people and i started having conversations with him and he introduced me to a few of them and i started to notice that there were two different kinds of famous people There were the people like um i met a lot of people from the band the jefferson airplane and some of them were it was was ridiculous because some of them were in their late sixties and they were wearing tight little pants and tight little tops <laughs> and you know ugly all the girls and I thought, oh, this is like somebody who just hasn't grown up. This is pathetic. And then there were the people who were in their fifties and sixties, some in their seventies, who were who had once been very famous, and now they were they weren't. Maybe like ten people would know who they were, but they were still able to play their music, and they were happy. Yeah. And I thought, wow, this is really interesting. This is really interesting to me because, and I can use that. And yeah. I started like talking to i talked to some musicians asking well what does fame mean to you and the idiots (laughs) you know the idiots who are all into fame and still looking 20 when they're in their 60s would say well fame is a million people who are cheering for you who love what you do and the ones who are just you know making a nice living being a musician said well You know, I don't think about fame. I just think about the work, you know, much like writers. I just think about the work and the joy of playing music and people show up. It's great. And if they don't, well, maybe they will the next day. And I loved that. And the more I thought about it, the more I wanted to get it in the book. That's awesome.
4: Love that. That's amazing. I love that. Yeah. Which brings me to my question, which is that you have written very honestly and extensively About your own family. Oh, yeah. Your mom and your sister. (laughs) Yeah. Which which I'm going to tell you a secret. Terrifies me. (laughs) Terrifies (laughs) all. I know nobody else heard that but you. But um. (laughs) it is terrifying. It is terrifying
5: because you can be sued. Um, I have had. I actually had a lawsuit for my first book because (gasps) this family. No, it was ridiculous. It was ridiculous. It was this family. Ben B and Rozzy, I forget what their real name was. It was something like Neiman. And my characters were Ben B and Rosie Nelson. So it was sort of like a non- issue. Um, most of the writing I've done about my mom has been like since she got dementia because my mother was very adamant about she did not want to be written about you know she would call me up and yell at me i don't want to be written about don't you dare but then when she had dementia she didn't know so and i felt compelled to do it um my sister is a whole different story i've been writing about my sister for a really long time um my first novel was actually about her and she never knew it was about her and i finally said this book is about you. And she said, no, it isn't. Um, My sister has a lot of problems and she has threatened to sue, but the deal is um, lucky for me. My first husband was a lawyer and he told me that in order to successfully sue, you have to show damages. I mean, my sister does not, she has not held down a job for a million years. She doesn't really have friends. And I was very careful To try to present the truth in a loving way. Um, And I had to make a choice. If I wrote about my sister, would I be hurting her or would I be helping myself feel better and understanding about her, helping others? And I decided that I needed to help. Others. Um, oh, wow. I will tell you, like, another lawsuit that I had was actually I I wrote about um, an ex boyfriend who I was in this terrible relationship a long, long time ago with this guy who wouldn't let me eat. Um, oh he, he literally would follow what? me around. That guy's in category of terrible. No. Yeah, yeah he, he would follow me I around. I've got my MMs right here. Yeah. So. <laughs> would follow me around to make sure some. I wasn't eating stuff. And dinner was always like a baked potato and broccoli. And Lord oh. help me if I put butter on the potato. Oh, so great. you might ask, why would I stay in a relationship like this? And the reason was because before I met him, I had been involved with this great, great guy who had died. And oh. I had been just grieving, grieving, grieving. And I got to the point after about five months where I said, I can't do this anymore. And I thought, well, if I get in a relationship, I won't have to grieve. And so I met this guy and we very quickly started to live together and I wasn't grieving. So every time he would do something horrible, I would, then my first inclination was, well, screw you, I'm leaving. And then I thought, well, if I leave, I'm gonna have to grieve. Um, oh, and I finally wow. left him when I went to sit down to write, and I found that he had gone in my computer and rewritten the whole chapter, oh, he said, to make it funnier. So so I left.
0: Oh, <laughs> I know, it so was ridiculous. That it was your writing that was the but so I left. Don't cross that line. <laughs> that was it. You can't cross that line. Yeah.
5: So I left and I went back to uh-huh. green. I had a grief for like another six months. And then I decided to write about it. And I wrote this article called The Grief Diet. Um, just about so how funny. I like Because so I, I went down to 95 pounds. Oh, um, my God. And I did not mention his name. I did not mention his profession. I did not mention what he looked like. Um, The only true thing that I mentioned was that we both lived on the Upper West Side and the, the essay was published. And then all of a sudden I get a call from random house lawyer and they said, Oh, we got this call. And I said, Oh, let me guess. Was it from blah, blah, blah. And they say, yes. And he wants to suppress the book and sue you because you wrote about him. And I said, well, I didn't use his name. And I didn't describe him. And, you know, it's been like it was by that time it had been like 15 years. And I said, we don't have oh, any wow. of the same friends anymore. Oh. And she said, okay, I will tell him and tell him to go away. So they got him to go away. So I always tell people, you know, you have to be sort of you have to be sort of careful and you have to think the whole thing about family suing you is that um they have to prove that you've really Damage them, which I didn't really Ah. want to do. I mean, like, if my sister had been a dentist, I wouldn't have written about how she had ruined people's teeth. Because that's (laughs) suable. That is suable. But if you write about, well, my sister did such and such a thing, and it made me be... If you put it back on you, it made me feel this way and I had to act this way because I felt so terrible and I felt that she was blah, 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 that you're safe. You just can't make blanket statements that somebody is a drunk or a drug addict.
0: Wow, this is a great writing tip. Yeah, yeah.
4: what do you 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 tell tell your writing students when they want to tell write about their families? What do you? We get that question a lot. Like, can I tell the truth about my family? You
1: can,
5: but you want to be careful. It's sort of like I mean, Anne Lamont says your stories are your stories, your life is your life. People didn't want you to write about them; they should have behaved better. But my (laughs) feeling is that (laughs) I mean, I don't really feel that way because sometimes people can't help themselves how they behave. Yeah, I'm just feel like I I had, you have to think really with great certainty why you're writing this. And for me, it was I needed to understand why the sister I love so deeply hated me now. Okay. Um, and I was very careful. And you want to be really careful the things that could be actionable or they could really destroy somebody. I left out. Like if you're yeah, writing about, you know, if you're writing about your brother and he's married and he's having an affair, you might you not know, need to, do you need to write about the affair? Maybe you can get at your point another way, <laughs> you know, you have to figure out what it, what would be your point about writing that. And it might be, well, he's having this passionate affair and he's very loving. Why can't he be loving towards me? And I would say to the students, well, maybe you can find a different example of that because if you start your talking about his affair is going to deeply hurt his partner and you know it's going to be a big huge mess so i always say like try to think about the stuff that concern you personally um don't demonize try to understand about you know your family member and you know be prepared you know, be prepared for anger or rage. But my situation with my sister was also, she already hated me. So I felt that on one level, I felt that, well, maybe if I wrote this, we could get in conversation. Oh, and wow. that, you know, that didn't happen. That didn't happen. But, um, you know, you're walking a tightrope. You're, you're really walking yeah. a tightrope. And you just try to be as honest as you can without, you know, just ragging on somebody. You're you're trying to understand why they are the way they are, and then it becomes a truth, and then it can help other people, and then that's why you can do it. That's a
0: great answer. Which leads to my question, actually, because first of all, thank you. You've taught us a lot already tonight. Oh, I'm so glad. You have. (laughs) I mean, the the legalities are something that we always have to struggle with, and so thank you. But I'm really impressed. I think we were talking earlier, all of us are, that you teach advanced and beginning writing classes at both UCLA and Stanford University. Mm -hmm. And you offer a one-on-one consulting services, which I'm amazed. But here's, in my mind, this is a huge commitment, both of your personal self, but your time. And all of us are busy. I mean, you, as we said, you do a mighty blaze and all the essays and other things. How do you balance this with such a busy writing career? Um, And also one other thing, I'm a former teacher. What drives you to teach? Mm -hmm. Okay,
5: I'm going to take that question about driving me to teach. I learn so much from my students. I really do. I mean, I make them critique each other because I really feel if you can look at somebody's work and figure out, oh, this doesn't work and how can I make it work? It helps me in my own writing. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, I... I really love my students. It's just really interesting to see. I make them get really personal. (laughs) I make them get really personal in their writing. And you get to know each other on a really deep basis. And it's it's fun. And also, I have enough... In terms of classes, I can't pick and choose who's in the class. But when I do personal stuff, I get to choose the people I want to work with. So right. that makes it much more enjoyable. In in terms of time, I just I'm I've been lucky because I'm very fast. I'm ridiculously fast, and I just manage to get things done. And I'm happiest when I'm doing a lot of
0: different things. So it works out. It works out. Wow, well, it's it's pretty amazing that you can do all that. It really is. My hat's off to you.
1: (laughs) So, um, you know, Caroline, we have a lot in common with our online um, Facebook um, shows. You are a founding member of A Mighty Blaze along with Jenna Blum. Mm -hmm. Actually, I think we have a viewer question that has to do with that. So let's let's see if that
6: viewer (laughs) is around. Hi, friends and fiction readers. Hi, Caroline. Boo! I wish I could have popped in in person tonight to surprise you, but I am doing an event with Elizabeth Berg for underserved children and trying to get them some books to read. So unfortunately, I have to say hi to everybody via video, but I feel like this is a little appropriate given the fact that Caroline and I have co-founded a company called A Mighty Blaze that helps link writers and their new books and readers virtually. So Caroline, question for you that I would have asked you had I been able to pop on. What do you think, after our nine months of having The Blaze up and running, what do you think The Blaze offers its viewers and its readers? And what is the vision that you have going forward for it post-pandemic? Inquiring minds want to know, including mine. So I hope you are all having a wonderful time tonight, and thank you so much for watching, and happy reading, y'all. Stay safe. Bye. I'm that was the most her, like, wonderful
5: surprise. <laughs> that was so yeah. wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> Jenna Blum is is she's really the heart of a Mighty Blaze. She's she's a genius. She does most of this stuff. Um, we are going forward. Um, I'm actually doing much less in the blaze now than Jenna is because I have to write my book and also because Jenna is like the Oprah of the Mighty Blaze world. Oh, wow. A Mighty Blaze offers people community it really does we get we get these extraordinary writers to come and be interviewed uh, we promote new authors we interview debut authors uh, jenna has started running virtual book festivals virtually and she she does it in tiara and heels uh, mm-hmm. jenna is going to be starting a series of classes for people can take through the blaze we have merchandise. We've gone political this year. Um, I really have to credit Jenna Blum because she is, she is amazing. I, I would not be surprised if she has a TV show next, but it's a wonderful community. So you should come over, everybody's welcome. And uh, it's very much fun.
1: Well, we're, we're so happy that you could tell us about that. Now, we're gonna talk a little bit about the Bookstore of the Week, which is the Community Bookstore in Brooklyn. Yep, there they are, and they are offering uh, a 10% discount. Um, You just use the code FRIENDSFICTION10, and now we're going to see what the viewers want to know from Caroline. So we've chosen some questions that were posted on the Facebook page earlier, and we'll ask them now, but while we're talking, if you have something you'd like to ask, post it, and if we can, we'll try to get to it. Mary Alice, you've got the first question. I do. And Lisa
0: Morgan Cass, she says the question for Caroline and all you ladies is: You have a short bookshelf. What three books are on it? I'm really curious if, if and what other genres pop up with women fiction authors. Oh, okay. three books. Y'all have to name it.
4: Um,
5: John Irving, *The World According to Garp. Um. Hieroglyphics, Jill McCorkle, and all of your books.
1: <laughs> okay, you broke the rules and went over, but we're we're. Good I reason. know, but I did it. I did it for a good reason. <laughs> Just for love. Do you, have, do you have an answer to that? Can you think of three books on your bookshelf? Me? Yeah. Oh my gosh! I don't. I I, didn't, I was thinking. I didn't think we were going to have to answer
4: this, but I was thinking. <laughs> there's no way. That I could pick three books, right? So, um, it's it, it's an impo- you did a great job because I find that an impossible task. A lot of times, and I know all the other ladies too. You sometimes you do a, a book signing and it comes to Q and A time, and they say, "What's some of your favorite books?"
0: And your mind goes, "Right." Well, I have to say, it's not what I would pick for three books. That would be like my. I'm just so happy to share with you the three books that I'm reading. On this program, we have such wonderful authors that we're constantly reading your books. So the three books I'm reading really concurrently are, and I finished, With or Without You by Caroline (laughs) Levitt, Annie Flags, Wonder Boy at the Whistle Stop, and coming up, Sue Monk's Kid Book of Longing.
2: There you so, go. I
0: like that reading. three books. What a right weird
4: oh, yeah. oh, coincidence. so <laughs> So, what we're going to say then is ditto. Ditto to you. Oh, ditto. ditto. <laughs>
1: ditto. Oh, you've got a question, right?
4: I do. So, um, Erica. Shepard Roebuck, who we all know and love. And I love Erica. So for those of you who don't know, she, Erica is not only a great Friends and Fiction member, but she's also an incredible author. And to <laughs> smooth it in, she actually has a book coming out in February called The Invisible Woman, based on a true World War II spy. It's going to be incredible. But she said, I love Caroline. And my question is, for such a prolific writer... What is your writing routine?
5: Oh, okay. Well, um well well I usually first thing when I get up at breakfast, then I sit down at my desk and I don't get up for three or four hours. I can't do more than four hours and then I do everything else. When I'm okay. doing a novel, the first thing is outlining, mapping, character walls, all this other stuff. And then I start the writing. And a large part of my writing routine is actually panic because <laughs> I know I have a deadline and so I have to, you know, make this good and get it in and I always give myself tight deadlines so that I can make them and that's my routine Wow! Okay. Do,
0: by do you
5: do it
4: by words or time
5: time never time. by words never by words because I can I can spend three hours on one paragraph and right you know if
1: that's done by words then I'd really be Disappointed in myself. Interesting. Hey, Christy, do you want to ask um, one of the uh, live questions that our uh, viewers posted? Yeah. So I first wanted to say that so many people
3: are praising your tenacity and um, are just so happy that you kept writing. And I think we can all echo that for sure. And um, Joyce Merrill wants to know, this is kind of an everybody question, does anybody write by hand?
0: I do.
5: I do. I, yeah, for some things. I mean, I have I have with my notebook. That's. I mean, oh, I ripped out the pages. I I do when I'm figuring stuff out. I will write by hand. But what? when I'm doing the writing, writing, it's got to be on the computer.
3: Yeah. yeah. I can't even read my own handwriting at this point. So yeah, my know. handwriting. Is me totally. too. <laughs> I, I, my brain's too fast. I, I mean, I yeah. can
0: put notes, character sketches, but I, I just I can't keep up by hand. Yeah. The Kristen, same
1: do book.
2: you have a question that you uh, you want to pull off one of the uh, a live question? Yeah, Bruce Gilbert is wondering, Caroline, whether you can give us an idea of what you're writing next
5: <gasps> Oh, you know what? I wish I could but I don't know yet huh? <laughs> I mean I, have, I sold it on this premise and this first chapter and I'm still sort of feeling my way so I would be too embarrassed to say something st- that wasn't right. Yeah. So yeah. I can't,
4: I can't.
0: Okay,
1: get it. We you know, the yeah. setting. Give us a hint, the setting. Um. I can't. Okay. <laughs> I just can't. I'm
5: sorry. I have to be really secretive because <laughs> I, I don't have a handle you. on it yet. And I don't, I don't know what to say about it <laughs> because I don't know what to say about it. If I tell you what it's about, yeah, it I'm afraid wrong. I'll look at yeah. your faces and there'll be expressions like, Really? No. <laughs> so I don't want to. I don't want to. It, it will yeah. have words. The words will sure. be in
2: paragraphs. The paragraphs will be in chapters. Right? It's like <laughs> yeah. And you'll write them yeah. at the end. So we <laughs> another live question, Caroline.
1: People were, were concerned about what put you into the medically induced coma twenty some years oh. ago. Oh, it was actually um,
5: what well, was after I delivered my son and after delivery, your immune system gets a little glitchy and what happened is my body started producing this protein. It turned out it was just a protein and what this protein did is it stopped all of my blood from clotting um, and it's a really rare disorder. It's called a postpartum factor 8 inhibitor because it inhibits your factor 8 wow. which is what keeps your blood clotting. So I was just bleeding, 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 and they kept doing operation after operation just to get the blood out. Um, They glued my veins shut. I had all these transfusions, and finally there was this little hematologist who was just about to retire and she had seen this once before in Germany and because the treatment was so toxic and poisonous she wanted them the hospital to do this special test to see if this protein came up and they did and it did and you know that was that was
1: actually she was who saved me she was who saved me
4: We're,
1: we're glad she did hey Caroline can you everyone is wanting your writing tip so will you share i mean the woman gets paid to do this but (laughs) tonight she's gonna she's gonna give it out to us i'm gonna give it out this is
5: my i have this bible for a plot comes out of character and i have this bible that i call the wants and needs bible and i will compress it for you, which is you have to start with a character who desperately wants something with great stakes and they want it because they have some sort of a moral blind spot or a misconception about it, whatever they want. They can't get, but you can give them after a lot of struggle what they need instead. So it's like, I call it the Rolling Stone method. Of I was just say- <laughs> it's like you can't get what you want, gosh. but if you try, and that means real That's struggle, you
1: get what you need. And you know what? It works every time. It works every time. <laughs> That's a good one because it's easy to remember. Just think about Nick Bagger. Yep. I'm going to play that music when I finish my next outline. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, we've got some announcements tonight. We've got so much to tell you guys about tonight. So we're just going to get right to it. Patty has uh, a book recommendation for us tonight. I do. We try to talk every week about a
4: debut and talk about novelists who have debut novels. And tonight I wanted to tell you about... Andrew Batani's novel, Duty and Desire, which is the first in a whole series about um, it's about family and, and expectations and arranged marriages. It's an you know, hashtag own voices and it's just been optioned for a movie and it is her debut novel and she's from Atlanta and I'm really proud of her and I wanted to let you all know about that book.
1: That's so, awesome. Uh, and Mary Alice, yeah. you are going to tell us a little bit about upcoming guests, right? Upcoming guests, right? Well, next well next week,
0: Patty's hosting Frank, Hank, Felipe, Ryan, and J.T. Ellison. So we're excited. <laughs> I know you know them, yeah. and then we, we know are you lucky. I know. Oh, that's exciting. so lucky. And then we close the month of November with a Suma kid who we're very excited. <sighs> as we talked about the book Along. So, we're She's wonderful. <laughs> yes, she
1: is. Yeah. And Patty has something else she wants to tell us about. Yeah. So, we have
4: a real, every once in a while, we have an addition. And we have a really exciting addition to our December 9th show. So, a screenwriter and a producer named Todd Komernicki is. Is the producer for the Christmas blockbuster Elf, and all he, my favorite. <laughs> I know, right? So <laughs> he is going to join us with our guest Andy McDowell, and we are going to talk about screenwriting <laughs> and producing <laughs> and book to movie adaptations. You don't yeah, want to miss this, but I just want to let y'all know we had added him to the schedule, and we're really excited to talk about all of that.
3: Yeah, and Christy. Um, Well, I am so excited because next Monday at 7, I am the guest on our official Friends and Fiction book club page. So I'll be live on the Friends and Fiction book club page at 7, talking about my book. I just... I wasn't thinking I was doing this. So I'm glad I have this year. feels like falling, which is my latest release that came out in April. Um, and so join us. It's going to be really, really fun. And um, they've been having great discussions in the group um, for the past couple of weeks about feels like falling. And I'm just so excited to be
1: there and tell everybody about it. Awesome. Right. And so, you know, we're going to um, bring up the graphics so you can see about Caroline's book. Um, it's so it is, with or without you, and we're so grateful that Caroline was here with us tonight. And Thank you, Caroline. Also, I feel it like, like so I went sweet. to a writer's boot camp. Uh, <laughs> I just
3: can't get over the story about the boyfriend that wouldn't let you eat like that. I, I know, but also yeah, he was pretty awful. I, I mean,
0: honestly, uh, with or without you, I'm going to pull up the covers where so everyone sees it. You know, such a beautiful writing. Yeah. The first,
1: you you. had me at
0: the first
4: line. They argued. You you
1: know, it was just
0: wow. So, thank you.
1: And so, just I want you all to remember that our uh, bookstore of the week is a community bookstore in um, Park Slope, Brooklyn. And I hope, you know, um, part of what our mission is here on Friends and Fiction is to connect readers with writers and also with indie bookstores um, who are community owned and operated and that's really uh, an important part of our mission so i hope you guys uh, will um support the community bookstore and all of our indie bookstores and you know what that's our show tonight. <laughs> we want to thank you so much. Wait, don't forget to tell them about tomorrow night. Wait, tomorrow? Night. Oh, tomorrow? Oh yes, yeah tomorrow night. I uh, will. I had, I had the best
5: time. I had the best thank time. You, thank you, oh, Caroline. That was so, so so much. I just, I'm just absolutely thrilled. I'm so you. Happy you. You. glad you we came
1: We're out of that. <laughs> yes.
0: <Yeah,
5: we are.
1: laughs> <That laughs> <laughs> um thank you caroline so thank before so we go much. we want to remind everybody that tomorrow night the fnf gang will be interviewing fanny flag and you can get <laughs> that's right fanny flag you can get a link to the zoom with purchase of a book from page and palette bookstore in fairhope alabama and i won't you won't find us here tonight uh tomorrow night on friends and fiction you're going to have to go to Page and Palette, and it is a, um, a book with purchase situation, and all the deets will be on the Friends and Fiction website. Good night, everybody. Thanks for being Hi. here. Thank you, so Caroline, Caroline. Love Caroline. love you. Caroline. Thank you so Thank you. much. Bye. Love you. Thank you.
2: Oh, she was she... awesome.
3: Wow. Yeah, what, what an amazing story. woman.
2: What a story. Okay.
3: okay. I just have to set a stage for you guys right now. Like I'm not gonna show you, but so I'm in my dining room and Our living room's over here, and our kitchen is behind me. And you know, it's it's like a lot of space. So, my son is standing in one, my husband is standing in the other, like right here. And they have been doing something with fishing line and fishing rods the (laughs) entire
1: time that I've been on here. They kill y'all. What are you doing? (laughs) I know what they're doing, Christy, because my husband and son do it. They are. Re, they're redoing their fishing
3: yeah. line and I, think it, they were, I think they were outside and then it started raining so now here we are yeah. the whole fishing line is no good See so mm-hmm. you have to take it mm-hmm. off and
0: you have to
2: yeah.
0: mm-hmm. not fly fishing otherwise they'd be
2: right in yeah. your ear. <laughs> you know we have some people on our comments asking about um our friends in fiction merch since we've talked yeah. about it on the the yeah. website yeah. or on on the facebook page we, oh. we will be getting i just wanted to say we'll be we'll have news on that soon i i know a lot of people have asked We're a lot of people are asking and, yeah. Yeah. and, yeah. and yeah. It, we, i know it seems like
3: it should be easy just for everybody out yeah. there but it's kind of complicated and they're yeah. like stuff involved and setting up online. Like there are like a lot of things that we had to kind of go through. So it seems like, Oh, Hey, make some t-shirts, send them out. But it's, it's a little,
2: (laughs) it's kind of a little more complicated. We're working on it. We're working on it. We We, we, we promise. And we are truly working on it as quickly as we can. So we, so rest assured there will be merch. It's just, we have to figure out. How? Yes.
1: <laughs> well, I'm so for- glad you guys <laughs> responded to the poll that we put up. Yeah, yes. yeah. that was amazing.
2: Yeah.
1: yeah, so fun. That was really great.
0: Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing it myself. Yeah, it myself. yeah exactly. going, I want a coffee
3: mug. That yeah, exactly. I want my own. So do I. I need a t-shirt oh, I wear every day. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, I, I've been wearing mine. mine. Well, my sister's. Like, I want one of those T-shirts. And I, my <laughs> mom said she wants one too, and I could only yeah. find one of mine when I got home. So I think I, think I you think you left, left it one. here, Christy. Uh, oh man, I will send it to you. I'm putting a vote in for Friends and Fiction M That's what. Yes. That's Right here. Oh, my Hi. gosh.
2: Noah was so fascinated by those. He's like, mm-hmm. but how did they get the letters on the M&M's? He <laughs> was so oh, into it. I have it. No, I, 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 I assumed that you did. Yes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Penny, I saw that you have a makeup something. Can, are we going to have a, a sample? I would love samples of that. What's the makeup? What? Oh, Penny. You you had on your Facebook
1: today. Me? No, I'm sorry, Patty. I I didn't have any makeup on my Facebook. No, you put something about. um,
0: Yeah, you did. I was at Instagram with some skin cosmetic. Oh, 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 oh! What was that? That was very. My my
4: local in in Mountain Brook, Alabama. There's this amazing store um, and beauty aesthetic, and they have um, beauty therapy. And they carry all clean products. Mm. And so Christy and I were always talking about, you know, using makeup and products without chemicals in them. And I talked about two of, they did an Instagram story about me. They put makeup on me. I don't look like myself. And I told a story about it. And one of them is Alchemy, which is by a company named Moon and Rock, which is my daughter. And the other product I use is Augustus, what's the last name? Baker. Baker. B A D E R. Yeah, thank you for asking because, yeah, they, uh, Chrissy, yeah. yeah, I thought you looked radiant. Yeah, oh. <laughs> That's like somebody else I wanted to me. know what you were using. Yeah, yeah, somebody else put my makeup on, but um, yeah, that was fun. And listen, I could talk to Caroline Levitt for,
2: yeah, oh I,
3: don't so I, know, one of her I was sitting here thinking, yeah. like, should I send her my next manuscript? <laughs> Kind of, it's your eighth right? book. Like surely you can get it together. Like you can do this, Christy. Come on. Yeah. Like, how <laughs> does she do that? I mean, yeah. even if she's
0: fast to teach at these different locations, yeah. to do one-on-one,
1: yeah. to do mighty blaze and write a novel. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, the
1: only thing I wanted to insert was the um from long experience, I wanted to say um editors rarely call you in person. Oh. To tell you how much your book sucks. I know. <laughs> so when the Blanquín editor <laughs> called her up, um, that you know, for most of us, that would have been a good sign. Although I still can't believe the old editor called and said, "We don't love you." <laughs> so, well, oh my gosh! You know, of you know that they usually distance themselves from the bad news. Yeah. From the bad yeah. news, yeah. usually if you get if if so, if an editor calls you. Usually, it's good news. Yeah. I, I could feel, feel the blood
4: it. like leaving my death. Oh,
0: leaving my yes.
4: death. Going yes. down. Could you guys feel it in your body? Yes. When she
0: said that? I yes. couldn't believe it. I couldn't imagine how I would feel if she said, Oh, we don't think you can fix it. Yeah. And you're not special. That is the yes. worst. And you're not special. Yeah. But her tenacity, come on. I'm out of that. Yeah, I mean, I,
3: it's so hard. I mean, I feel like every little bump in the road, I have felt it's over this is it. Like, I'm never going to get enough, yeah. you know. And then to be able to really make it through that, because you are so attached. It's so personal yeah. to you. I'm actually kind of writing about that right now, which is sort of funny, but
2: yeah.
3: not in writing, but in like another career thing, the one of my characters is going through. So y'all, this really helped.
2: Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> no you know, it, it made me think, though, I wonder if going through that made her... That much more attuned to the plight of other writers um mm-hmm. and and if maybe that's part of why her heart is so much in a mighty blaze right now you know like it's yeah. it, Interesting. because Interesting. it's yeah. it's it's tough it's a really tough world out there for all of us who are doing mm-hmm. this and pouring our hearts and souls into our writings so um you know good, yeah good good for her for sticking with it but then paying it forward too yeah, it's incredible. It really yeah. is. Okay, I'm gonna tell you what my dog just
0: did. She just ate my lipstick. Wanna see her mouth? <laughs> <laughs> I hope that was from Patty's <laughs> store. I have to go. <laughs> Nothing
4: exciting. Christy's got fishing line. I'm just
1: like we have new
0: one. Too.
4: <laughs> you, know, you,
1: can, um, you can read Caroline's, by the way, you can read Caroline's uh, essays, psychology today essays, if you um, Google them. You can Google Caroline Levitt. She has them posted on her um, website, and they're really profound and thought provoking. So, anybody who's interested in uh, the art of the personal essay and laying bare all your family secrets, she
4: does it. um, It's terrifying. I have friends who are trying to write memoirs, and it's really hard to
1: know what to do. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Okay, everybody. I Bye. I have to go eat some leftovers because I've been living like a hobo.
3: <laughs> I gotta wash you know, my go, dog. Eat some more M Ms and uh, Jason
2: made lobster tonight. We're having lobster for dinner. Oh, okay. no, oh gosh! I've actually already
3: eaten. I'm like I'm I like ate. early bird special over here. <laughs>
4: You're okay. hanging out with us when you have lobster. Yeah. You. Oh my god!
3: Julie again. Lobster. Go eat
1: your lobster and oh, don't forget everyone. To tomorrow, tomorrow, there. tomorrow night with Fanny. Yes, and tomorrow tomorrow. Tomorrow. We are like okay. way oversold.
3: We were only supposed to be able to sell 200 tickets, I think, and we're like way
1: above that. So I don't know. Yeah. See keep, everybody keep tonight. If you're the, here keep tonight. If you're here tonight, come see us tomorrow night yep. with family because she's going to be a great be a interview. Great. We're so excited. Okay, Bye good guys. night,
2: y'all. Thanks, everyone.
0: You've been listening to the Friends and Fiction Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the Friends and Fiction Podcast wherever you listen. And if you're enjoying it, leave a review. You can find the Friends and Fiction authors at www.friendsandfiction.com as well as on the Facebook group page, Friends and Fiction. Come back soon, okay? There are still lots of books, writing tips, interviews, publishing news, and bookstores to chat about. Goodbye!
1: Produced by Autovita Studios. Connect your voice to
4: the world.